0: And now, for the first time in color, The Academy And the Oscar goes to...
1: And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And
0: the Oscar goes to... i'm alex i'm ryan today we're gonna be talking more about acting which i think is a lot more fun to talk about anyway because performances affect all of us in a different way and uh i think that is what makes ultimately this the more interesting one to talk about because i think some people and I, i i had this conversation with a buddy of mine very recently about um oscar bait fodder film that i hate don't look up who which he also hated by the way (laughs) <laughs> he and I disagreed on whether or not Jonah Hill was any good in that movie. He thought yes, I thought no, and I think that is interesting and will likely lead to some interesting uh conversations between you and I today.
1: The Oscars for acting are the ones that most people talk about because it's the big celebrities or it's an up and coming celebrity, and sometimes it's a total unknown and it's like who is this person? They want an Oscar, and you know let's see let's give them a superhero movie to put them in or something (laughs) that's that's always the fun part about the oscars
0: it's the uh the the worst too is and i i don't know when we want to sneak this in but there's also uh there's the oscar bait performances where you're like oh okay like because like you even said it to me when we were doing our prep work you you know there was one performance uh and i'm not going to spoil it now but you actually said when you saw it you're like oh that's the clip they should use when they when they should when he gets nominated and of course he didn't get nominated which is the fun part but you're like that's the clip that they should use that's the one right there
1: yeah, it's, it's so much fun bitching about the people that got snubbed than it is about, then it is celebrating the ones that actually won.
0: <laughs> where should we begin then? Do we start with the juicy stuff? The people who either didn't get nominated and should have or who did get nominated but should have won and didn't? Or do you want to start with the uh, where the
1: Oscars got it right? I would um, say let's do some snubs and then we'll talk about where yeah. it got it. Right. Let's, let's, stu- let's-, let's light this bitch on fire, baby! Let's fucking do it. So we're going to do this kind of all mixed up and jumbled. So try to keep Try to keep track, but we're going to go through, you know, the snubs, the people who were not nominated for performances they should have been nominated for. Not necessarily should have won, but definitely should have gotten a nomination. You know,
0: we talked about in the last episode, so for, forgive us for maybe not talking as much about the directors in uh, in, in this particular episode. Uh, we, You know, you still have to, while the director helps get that excellent performance, the editor helps get that excellent performance out of an actor or actress— ultimately at the end of the day they still brought it and yeah. so that's why even though you could make the argument that there's a there's also in sort of an internal politics especially over the last 30 years with the way that that these nominations come out and you're going to notice that when you hear some of our snubs uh that's okay because we're, we're still looking at this as like well we know that maybe you know both of these people were both great in this movie and they're both not going to get nominated though that's not unheard of it's it's rare for right. both of them to get nominated especially in the case of one of them where i think there were all there was already another nomination if i if i right. recall correctly so yeah. my point though is is this though is that we we're not creating a scenario where we're trying to be as realistic as possible we're basically saying that ultimately at the end of the day regardless of what however many number of deserving nominations there were the i think we have 10 snubs and a couple of honorable mentions but these 10 need to they deserve some extra recognition for their work
1: yeah but also we and understand listeners that we are fully aware that an academy award win is generally the result of a massive campaign so you know, producers, directors, actors, all this, you know, all these people in Hollywood, executives, agents, there are campaigns that sometimes the actors themselves put forward to to try to get themselves not only nominated, but to win. Famously, Gwyneth Paltrow with, you know, Harvey Weinstein and Shakespeare in Love. That was a, one of the first major um, campaigns that was out in the open saying, hey, we want this movie to win and all that. For Take that how you like, but You know, we understand that, you know, sometimes it's not always correct because there's, you know, there's influence that is being made by these studios to push certain actors. At the end of the day, though, the acting nominees are nominated by their peers. They're nominated by other actors in the Academy. So that is, you know, that's why they say I want to thank the Academy because the Academy is comprised— Uh, Of all of these different people in the movie industry and those nominations are made and the winners are selected by other actors in the Academy so they all have themselves to thank but you know they're just as susceptible to peer pressure and campaigns as anybody else
0: so on that note then uh, I I feel like there's only one logical place to start uh, and and it's a twofer with the Royal Tenenbaums yes uh, you, you me mentioned, first. Well, yeah, you mentioned Gwyneth Paltrow uh, and Shakespeare in Love, but yeah. uh, conversely, not nominated along with her co-star, Gene Hackman, who both uh-huh. give uh, really memorable, incredible performances for the Royal Tenenbaums in
1: 2002. I'm not talking about dance lessons. I'm talking about putting a brick through the other guy's windshield. I'm talking about taking it out and chopping it up. Neither.
0: Mm-hmm. Receive a nomination.
1: Yeah, that was a big, big thing. I remember when that movie came out in 2001 that was the first Wes Anderson movie. No, I take it back. I saw Rushmore first b- first, but I but in, I remember No One when Royal Tenenbaums came out, everybody was talking like, "Oh, Gene Hackman's a shoe-in for the Oscar for this one." Like a shoe-in. And it's it would be a good capstone to his career. He was already an old man. He's still alive. He's in his 90s now. But uh no, that that should have been like his swan song. He should have won the Oscar and rode off into the sunset instead of making that w- movie with What's his face <laughs> with Raymond <laughs> Mooseport. Welcome to Mooseport. But like that was his last movie. And then he just decided he's done. It's kind of like Sean Connery just being done after League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I digress. Um, it's sad, but like, no, he should have absolutely been nominated for the Royal Tenenbaums. He was fantastic in that. And then you mentioned Gwyneth Paltrow, who, in my opinion, when I watched that, you know, I was in high school and, I was really starting just starting to get into this stuff and I'm like is this what a good performance is because this is really captivating. I could even make the case for Luke Wilson in that movie as well. Everybody in The Royal Tenenbaums, the entire cast brought their A game. All right, sure so uh
0: good to get some Wes Anderson love in there. Uh yeah. I don't I'm sure there'll be some Paul Thomas Anderson love, no relation at some point. Uh what's next on the oh.
1: uh on The Snobs? Oh man. Well, Jennifer Connelly in Requiem for a Dream in 2000.
0: Some dumbass Chuckie did what? You mean you fucked it up? What the fuck is wrong with you? You promised me that everything was going to be okay, remember? I fucked that sleaze bag for you and I put myself through fucking hell
1: for you. There's nothing out there. I don't give a shit. Jennifer Connelly won uh I think 2 years later, a year later, she won. cuz she was for supporting actress for um uh, a beautiful mind, but her most raw and daring performance that she's ever put to screen before or since was absolutely um, Requiem for a Dream. And if you've seen Requiem for a Dream, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know the scenes that I'm talking about. You know the dialogue. You know all that stuff. That movie I've seen once. I recommend anybody who watches that movie, watch, you're probably not going to rewatch it, but you're going to watch it and be like, God damn it, that was a great movie that I never need to watch again because it's, it's about people becoming addicted to drugs and their lives spiraling out of control in, in, in various ways, various all e- probably equally terrible, you know, jail, you know, near dead, uh, institutionalized. And in, and in Jennifer Connelly's case, you know, she she turns to prostitution and it's, you know, it's really, really sad. But her her performance in that movie is is second to none, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I I will say too, uh, Ellen Burstyn was actually nominated for yeah. that was that should have probably been Jennifer Connelly's nomination, and, and should have been four outstanding performances, and two of them were recognized with at least nominations. Two of them were not, and the one that was not still shocks me, and it's Sandra O oh from Sideways.
1: Look what I got for our favorite girl, motherfucker! Oh, Jesus
0: Christ! God. Uh, Stephanie, stop! Shit. You're getting married
1: on Saturday! What's with I all that stop. shit you said hey, to me? Stephanie, stop! I can explain! You said you love
0: me! I do! Oh. Ah. I hope you die! Ah. Stop
1: it, Stephanie! Go!
0: <laughs> Fuck face! You two!
1: I love sideways so much, man. That movie is so fucking ridiculous and funny and kind of it's cringy in a good way. Yeah. But... And,
0: but, but I think, you know, sideways is, is it almost harkens back to a, to a different, to a different era. There's a, um, there's a self confidence and self assuredness about the film right. from every scene to scene where right. it gives off. Somehow it gives off this very, 90s-esque vibe um, of we we're we're in this post you know the end of end of history pre-9-11 vibe despite the fact that the movie is obviously very post-9-11 and that's kind of a throwback in in i think it was 2004 Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of a throwback Mm -hmm. and i don't think you can achieve that vibe in the meantime like totally juxtaposed with just the utter silliness that's occurring uh on screen because like you're supposed to in in some respects like the Thomas Hayden Church character, like they're supposed to be funny, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they're not necessarily heroic characters. Like, you are just as much laughing with him as you are laughing at him. Oh yeah. Um, but Sandra O oh is is really the the uh, uh, the counterpoint to Thomas Hayden Church, who is nominated for best supporting actor, and mm. she's not nominated for supporting. In fact, uh, Virginia Madsen is, and she's yes. not.
1: Yeah, I thought Sandra O oh did a better job than Virginia Madsen, but I'm not going to knock Virginia Madsen in it. I mean, it brought attention to her and uh thomas hayden church when they were probably at a lower point in their careers than they had been before like i only knew thomas hayden church from the show wings like that's all so then he shows up in this movie and then all of a sudden he's after this he's sandman and spider-man and he's in a bunch of other things and he's actually great but yeah sandra oh i understand like I don't understand why she didn't get nominated, but she did go on. Like, this was her year that she started to really climb. She was in Grey's Anatomy, and that was a huge show. Still a huge show, but it was just starting then, and it was a hit. And so she—and I think she was also married to Alexander Payne at the time. But, um, but no, she did a fantastic job, especially her end scene that she had with Thomas Hayden Church and, and, uh, and Paul Giamatti. But— no, yeah, I totally agree. Sandra Oha did a great job. But anyway, uh, so no, what's what's next on our snubs not nominated? What you got?
0: I want to save the really big one of the decade, probably the biggest one of the decade. So let me go with this first. Uh, Jim Carrey, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, also in 2004. You were down by the surf. I could just make you out in the distance. I remember being drawn to you even then. I thought, wow, how odd. I'm drawn to someone's back. You we were in that orange sweatshirt that I would come to know so well and we even hate eventually. Uh, again, another one of these films where you can you could say, "Up." Oh, Tom Wilkinson probably should have been nominated, and I do not think that he was. I'm double-checking that, and I'm pretty sure he was not. not yeah, Kate Winslet was nominated, and she was really good for Best Actress. Very, very good. Uh, but neither Jim Carrey nor Tom Wilkinson nominated for either Best Actor or Best Supporting. Uh, a twofer again um i want to focus a little bit more on jim carrey though here because he's been snubbed on multiple occasions and this is i this is i think not only one of the biggest but you actually pointed it out there's there's a pretty there's there is one even if you are 50 50 on this there is one nominee in the best actor category who maybe doesn't belong with the other four in that year and that's Clint Eastwood for Million Dollar Baby, which makes this hurt just a little bit more that Jim Mm -hmm. Carrey's not nominated.
1: Yeah, because Clint Eastwood was already nominated for director and picture, and I don't think him being nominated for best actor really hurt or helped the chances of million dollar baby winning best picture. And I really thought that Jim Carrey was going to get it considering how, you know, the reaction to him not getting nominated for the Truman show and man on the moon, which both are Oscar caliber movies. And this is, I always, I kind of think this is sort of like the turning point for Jim Carrey. Like he did a couple more comedies in that deck in that decade. And then he sort of disappeared for a little while. He's coming back now, but like, I really think like, had he won the Oscar or at least been nominated, it would have done something different for him for the rest of his, the last 15, 20 years.
0: But so yeah. af- after that, he he really doesn't do much more of what we again would term Oscar bait. Cause while I, I do, I, I think absolutely deserved for the Truman Show, Man on the Moon and Eternal Sunshine at bare minimum, you would think he'd get one nomination if not one win from those three performances alone. You'd think. Um, let me read to you the rest of his filmography after Eternal Sunshine. And I think only one of these would even have a chance of getting nominated in 2022. So, the, And that is the very next one, which was Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. I could see where that would be better received in 2022. But then, Fun with Dick and Jane, Garbage, Horton well, Hears movie... Oh,
1: go ahead.
0: Well, Horton Hears a Who, whatever. Yeah. Yes, man, whatever. Yeah. I Love You, Philip Morris, a little bit yeah. better. Um, a Christmas Carol, Mr. Popper's Penguins, Burt Wonderstone. Um, and then he did Dumb and Dumber 2. I mean, and, and 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 yeah, he took... So he took eight years between Dumb and Dumber 2. I'm sorry, six years between Dumb and Dumber 2 and Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you're looking at after eternal sunshine there's not a lot there
1: no no i feel like he he got all of his his good stuff out in the course of 10 years it went from 94 with ace ventura and he was a tour de force all the way up into that into that point
0: that being said uh to round out this decade ryan why don't you introduce what i think you and i both agreed was the single biggest
1: snub of the decade oh yeah and and i'll I'll preface it by saying this just because he was nominated for blood diamond does does not mean it was a success for him in this year the uh, leonardo dicaprio in the departed what
0: the fuck did you just say about the fbi huh forget what i said i'm fucking high Whatever may be going on in that very fucking poor very
1: limited brain of yours i am not gonna hurt you all right just tell me what you just fucking said forget it i'm high i'm fucking high i must be high i would never say what you thought i said oh fuck now what the fuck did you just fucking say okay so you and i are are absolutely 100 on this that leo should have been nominated for an oscar for that performance that is in you know is up there with his best, if not his best performance. I, it's hard. I, I could I could pick between like three or four, but that's definitely in there. Always, always in the conversation. And I just don't get it. Like he doesn't, he, they nominated Mark Wahlberg. That was the only acting nomination from that movie. Mark Wahlberg, he just basically, he's from Boston and the movie takes place in Boston. And he basically imitated cops that kind of like arrested him as a, as a kid. And don't get me wrong. I loved him in the movie. He was fun, but he wasn't the nuanced layered like kind of on the edge of going crazy but still trying to to complete his his task his job as a as a you know a police informant inside the mob and like like his eyes there's shots that Martin Scorsese puts of his eyes just kind of you know blinking kind of erratically looking away and just kind of you know you can tell like he he gets more nervous More nervous as the movie goes on, and he's just so good. But I think he wasn't nominated because, I mean, Blood Diamond was well received. He's not bad in it, but oh, that accent
0: was pretty ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it sounded okay. It was that's it. But can
0: can I just also make this argument? I think there might actually be five better performances than Mark Wahlberg's in The Departed. Better performances than Mark Wahlberg's in The Departed.
1: Five? No, no, no. Hold on. One.
0: Leo. Two. Matt Damon, no. Jack Nicholson, no. Vera Farmiga, yes. Mart- Martin Sheen,
1: yes. Not Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's accent was all over the damn place. He was cashing a check, man. He he really like everybody thinks he's so great in that movie, and I don't think he is. You I, know, his I accent the accent is so didn't weird. bother me as much. I thought the I thought the performance itself was good. I'm an artist. You give me a fucking tuber, I'll get you something out of it. And it's like, are you? What is this? <laughs> I don't understand. Anyway. He's just not bossing to me, but, uh, Martin Sheen. Oh, absolutely. He, he did a great job. You want to be a clop? <laughs> Love that shit. A clop. To For Leonardo DiCaprio for arguably his best role. And again, it's not like we're like, Oh
0: yeah. Like what's eating Gilbert grape? Like he was like a child. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like we're talking about something where he was like, where there is like, Oh yeah, he's just coming onto the scene. And we like, this is literally like Leo. Everyone knows Leo at this point. Yeah. He was just an aviator a vote of- the year before. What?
1: He was a bona fide. He is at this point. he's still. He's a bona fide a lister. He absolutely should have gotten at least a nomination. That's our opinion. Well, what are who are our honorable honorable mentions? We're just going to list some honorable mentions real quick.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we had a couple. A couple. Yeah. Um, Robert Downey Jr. for Wonder Boys in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. not nominated. Mm-hmm. Viggo Mortensen for a History of Violence, two thousand and six, not nominated though. Uh. William Hurt was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He was very good in that. Tom mm-hmm. Hanks, Road to Perdition 2002, not nominated for what would have been a Best Actor role. There are a couple of people, as you mentioned, who probably could have been nominated for this. Uh, Paul Newman was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. That's probably fine. Yep. Um, Scarlett Johansson, Lost yep. in Translation 2003, not nominated. And there's we have one more. From the next decade, and we'll find we'll bookend this way because we are going to get into our, our next decade picks here in a second. But Jacob Tremblay for Room, not yeah. nominated. And of course, as you pointed out, that one's a tougher one. He, you know, eight, what, eight years old? Something I, like that. Yeah. So, yeah, look okay. good. Let, let me just review really quickly again uh, our snubs we're picking. Gene Hackman and Gwyneth Paltrow from the Royal Tenenbaums, Jim Carrey from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Sandra Oh from Sideways, Leo from The Departed, and Jennifer Connelly from we- Requiem for A Dream. Please go and watch any of these performances. They are mm-hmm. all great. Jennifer mm-hmm. Connelly, maybe just watch it one time because that's a tough watch, as uh, Ryan
1: said. So let's it move is. on to the next decade. All right. So 2010 to 20. I, I We were trying to find the. Yeah, we'll just say the decade after that. So starting in 2010, so we have our snubs not nominated, and uh, one of them, and this is something you could say for a lot of performances by this guy, but John Goodman in Argo. Can you teach somebody to be a director in a day? You can teach a rhesus monkey to be a director in a day? Look, if you're gonna do this, you gotta do it. Look, the Comedians are fruitless, Loops, but they got cousins who sell prayer rugs and a tracks on La Brea. You can't build cover stories around a movie that doesn't exist. You need a script. You need a producer. Make me a producer. No, you're an associate producer at best. You're gonna do a $20 million Star Wars ripoff. You need somebody who's a somebody to put their name on it. Somebody respectable. With credits. Who you can trust with classified information. Who'll produce a fake movie absolutely fucking kills it as he does in most things he's in
0: right and yes so here's the problem right and this is where we run into this because I, I alan arkin also fucking rules in that movie was actually nominated mm-hmm. like is that is that a situation ryan where it, it is one of those things where they're just not going to nominate two people for the same award for the same movie
1: I don't know. They do all the time. I don't understand why they couldn't do that, but whatever. Anyway, so uh, an actress. Let's see, Julianne Moore. The kids are all right. Just two people slogging through the shit, year after year, getting older, changing. It's a fucking marathon, okay? So sometimes you know you're you're together so long that you just you stop seeing the other person. You just see weird projections of your own junk. Um, instead of instead of talking to each other, you go off the rails and act
0: grubby, and make stupid choices, which is what I did. And, and I feel sick about it because I love you guys and I love your mom. That's Annette, another good one. Yeah. Annette Benning was nominated. Uh, huh? Mark Ruffalo was nominated. He was uh-huh. supporting and Benning was
1: was was lead. Yes. And and Julianne Moore could have done either one. I mean, she ended up getting getting her Oscar a couple of years later, but still, you know, she she earned it for that one. Um, another one that I wanted to talk about, who was snubbed. Um, I'm a big fan of the movie The Descendants. Um, the Descendants was directed by Alexander Payne. You can tell a little bit of a theme. We like Alexander Payne, but um, Shailene Woodley, uh, she was not nominated for that movie. She played the daughter. She played George Clooney's daughter, and uh, you know, she's a distraught. And I think we've talked about her on the podcast before about, you know, about certain performances that are that are really good and whatever. But like that performance in particular was really good. And I, and I really did like it. But we have one big, giant, fucking humongous ass continent of a snub from uh, this past decade. And it happened early on. And it's one of the best movies ever made. And go ahead and tell him, Alex.
0: Andrew Garfield in the social network is like, so we, I think we had the same exact reaction that we had with Leo. We were just like, oh, well, of fucking course. Yeah. How did he, he not pl- get nominated?
1: It blows my fucking mind. He played Eduardo Saverin, who was the business partner of uh, of Mark Zuckerberg. And um, they co-created Facebook. And he's, you know, Andrew Garfield brings, brings a warmth to it and a genuine sadness and into absolute anger and rage. Like, the scene that I'm talking about is when he flips out on you know near the end when he finds out his his share his um what is it his ownership had been diluted down to like point whatever percent and he flips the fuck out on mark zuckerberg and, and sean parker you
0: set me up you're gonna blame me because you were the business head of the company and you made a bad business deal with your own company this is gonna be like i'm not a part of facebook it won't be like you're not a part of facebook you're not a part of facebook my
1: name's on the masthead you might want to check again It's because I froze the account? You think we were going to let you parade around in your ridiculous suits pretending you were running this company? Sorry, my prodders and the cleaners, along with my hoodie and my fuck you flip-flops, you pretentious Mm. douchebag. Security's here. You'll be leaving now? I'm not signing those papers. We will get the signature. Tell me this isn't about me getting into the Phoenix. You.
0: I knew you did it. You planted that story about the chicken. I didn't plant
1: the story about the chicken. What's he talking about? You had me accused of animal cruelty. Seriously, what the hell's the chicken? And I'll bet what you hated the most is that they identified me as a co founder of Facebook, which I am. You better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. And it's just like all this bottled up rage. Like you could tell how he'd just been, he'd been grinding and hustling and grinding to get Facebook off the ground and to get, to get money, to get, uh, you know, every, to keep, to keep the company afloat and all of that. And then he gets, you know, he gets the shit end of the stick to put it mildly.
0: And I think he's yeah. realizing like, there's like a lot of layers to just that one scene, right? Yeah. You know, that one scene also, in particular. Yeah. Like he's also realizing in that moment that like, he may have fucked up just like this may also partially be his fault. So there's just a lot happening in that scene. And a lot of it just conveyed through um, a couple of lines Mm -hmm. of dialogue that are like fucking just magnificently delivered.
1: And I saw an interview of his where he's talked about like how David Fincher likes to do a lot of takes and uh, how he had to do that. Like, Oh my God, 30 some times or something or 50 times like to the point where he was, you know, almost physically ill <laughs> and near the end of it like he did it he they did that scene so much and it's just that's just crazy to me but um but and it's just it was pure frustration by the end of it and so he channeled that frustration into that kind of rage and I think it was like the last or the second to last take they actually ended up using if I'm not mistaken but anyway um let's let's move on to another segment uh, who should have won? Who was nominated? And we each pick two. I don't want to go at length because a few of these I've already fucking wax about, you know, in, in other episodes.
0: So what's funny is um, I I'm very I, I have talked about one of these four at great length, and then I think the other three I actually have not really talked about as much.
1: Okay. Well, let's start with the first decade of the, of, of the 2000s. So who've you got? Who's your actor? We'll do each do an actor and an actress. So who's your actor?
0: So if we're arguing, and I know that we, we, we joked that, um, uh, before we started recording about a couple of like Oscar bait performances would be like pretty much almost anything Eddie Redmayne has been in yeah. and, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Capote. And that's not to take anything away from both of them outstanding Actors Mm -hmm. really like at the very top of their craft. Uh That being said, there are certain roles and I, I really think Philip Seymour Hoffman in Capote is one of them. And I, I actually went back recently and rewatched this and I, I really felt like he's good in a, you know, in an almost like an imitative way. Philip Seymour Hoffman is imitating, but not necessarily. And like, who am I to say like Philip Seymour Hoffman is fucking, you know, may he rest in peace, but like a fucking masterclass in acting. Mm -hmm. So who am I to say, but there are parts of me that feel at times like I'm less like this character feels almost a little flat by comparison to some of the other performances, even in that movie. But so uh, I think you could make the argument. And in fact, when I say you, I mean me, I'm going to (laughs) make the argument that David Strathairn in good night and good luck could have, and perhaps even should have won the Oscar that year and not Philip Seymour Hoffman for Capote. This is no time for men who oppose Senator McCarthy's methods to keep silent, or for those who approve. We can deny our heritage and our history, but we cannot escape responsibility for the results. We proclaim ourselves, indeed as we are, the defenders of freedom wherever it continues to exist in the world, but we cannot defend freedom abroad by deserting it at home.
1: That should have been the big surprise of the night. That that year, uh, Crash beat Brokeback Mountain, which was some bullshit, and uh, that shouldn't have happened. And I think it would have been really cool if they'd have just if if the Academy would have actually given it to Strathairn, who's a who's a veteran actor. He's been around forever, and he's you know he's always a that guy. And uh, I don't think he's done too many leading performances since then. But that like he absolutely channeled Edward R. Murrow, and you were saying. Uh, you know, more of an impersonation for Capote. I don't think there was that. Like Strathern actually brought some. He brought a lot of layers to it. It was a really, really good performance.
0: Yeah, that's that's the performance. That the vibe that I always got from him is one that Strathern really felt as Murrow the weight of what was happening to. Like there were a lot of stakes yeah. in that story, and it always I felt like he did a really good job of presenting those stakes without. Yeah beating them over the head and then on top of that uh, you know the actual like he, he I guess you, you said it very well he doesn't seem I don't feel like he's imitating Murrow when he's on the no.
1: air anyway so um, so that's your guy and I need to go back and rewatch that one man that's such a good movie um, I've already talked enough at length to my friends on this podcast everywhere about how much I love Bill Murray in Lost in Translation
0: we used to have a lot of fun Lydia would come with me when I made the movies and we would laugh about it all. Now she doesn't wanna leave the kids and she doesn't need me to be there. The kids miss me, but they're fine.
1: And we were talking about Oscar bait and uh, you know Sean Penn won for Mystic River. It was a good performance. It's a good movie, but I'm
0: pretty sure the is that my daughter in there? Yes, Isn't the that's very it. clip that they used at, like you couldn't huh? fucking make up something more tailor-made oh, yeah. to appeal to Academy voters than oh, that? Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah, is that my daughter in there? I'm just like okay, like it's just it's just so over the top, and then they show they don't even show the best. I remember that I remember that Oscars and they didn't even show the best Bill Murray clip. They kind of showed that that photo shoot session where he's like imitating like Roger Moore and then like um Frank Sinatra and he's like a ring-a-ding-ding, and just like all that. And it's, you know, are you drinking? And he's like, Am I drinking as soon as I'm done? Or something like that. But like they really should have gotten. You know, the conversation that he had with Scarlett Johansson while they're laying in bed, like, you know, they're just laying there falling asleep. And she's just like, you know, is it what's it like, you know, having kids and getting older and this and that. And he's just kind of talking, just giving her some life lessons. I've talked enough about it, man. That's one of the most (laughs) subtle performances ever. And I love it so much. What's the, what's, uh, what's your, yeah, you man. Oh, I love actress? this. I'm on, I'm on,
0: cause we haven't really talked about this that much on the podcast. And I feel like it's so rare because we have like very defined tastes. It's so rare that we, we have one. I'm pretty sure I've never mentioned this movie on the pod. I don't think I have,
1: I'll say this. I've never heard anybody mention this movie. I have okay. heard about this movie. Yeah. I know it came out. I know it was nominated for a few Oscars. This is it. So what you got
0: is really good. Uh, it, so I do recommend seeing it. Uh, I will say uh, this is, I think this might be my hot take because like no one is ever going to say, right? Like I I would like to meet someone who's going to say, oh yeah, like no way the the queen shouldn't have won. Helen Mirren shouldn't have won for the queen. Well, well, I, this is it. This is my chance to finally have a real, like a real hot take. Oh, Judy boy. Dench notes on a scandal.
1: Oh, uh, There's nothing crueler than the adolescent boy. I know them. Once he's had his fill, he'll discard you like an old rag. You're not young
0: as Barbara Kovett, the uh, manipulative, dangerous teacher, uh, older teacher in the film, nominated for Best Actress, loses to Helen Mirren. I... She's fucking amazing,
1: and nobody was going to beat Helen Mirren that year. But I I like how you have this take because nobody taught people still talk about the Queen. Nobody talks about Notes on a Scandal. No, I I I could mention it to ten people in a row, and nobody be like, "What movie is that?" I'm like, "Don't you remember Judy Dench and Kate Blanchett from
0: 2006?" Yeah, she (laughs) she's she's so fucking good, and that's another one of those performances. And I will say to Helen Mirren's credit, it's very similar in the Queen. I actually don't think that I, I can't even picture in my head for either of these two performances, and this is this is again where I, I think kind of, we were just talking about with Bill Murray and Lost in Translation. There's not necessarily a moment in either of these two films that I can distill into a single Oscar clip and go, oh, this is why the, either of these people should have won. But when I walk away having seen both of these films, I was m- more impacted by Judy Dench's performance in Notes on a Scandal because it was just, um, and I, I get that it's, it's you know, we're talking about like the queen and for Helen Mirren to pr- pull off a, a, a believable portrayal of Queen Elizabeth and doing it well before uh, it became so popularized mm-hmm. um, in a role that she had admittedly done before, I think is impressive. But um, this is, again, this is Judy Dench, just like where you even begin to build what is going to be your performance where you pull from, what depths of emotional pain you pull you know from why? to create this character is fucking amazing.
1: I, I know why Helen Mirren won over Judy Dench. It's because if you take the two of them, and this is, this is just obvious, buddy, who's the hottest? Who's hotter, <laughs> Helen Mirren or Judy Dench? I know that's shallow, but come on, man. Oh, <laughs> Helen Mirren man. is a goddess. Yeah. Oh. Whatever, I, I, look, Still. I get
0: it, I get it. But uh, so, Judy Dench was actually nominated, and and you know we we talked about this a couple of times. So she was nominated in back to back years and didn't mm-hmm. win either time. I did not see it. So in and I know you mentioned this was kind of a weaker year. She was nominated in two thousand and uh, the two thousand and five. So to guess the 06 Oscars uh, mm-hmm. for Mrs. Henderson presents, and then the next year comes back with Notes on a Scandal in what was a much tougher year. Uh, listen to these leading ladies that year. It's, of course, Helen Mirren and Judi Dench. Penelope Cruz for Volver. Meryl Streep for The Devil Wears Prada, which, like, whatever. which She was really good in it, but, like, that movie's not that good. It's fine. Uh, and then Kate Winslet for Little Children, also a totally viable candidate that year
1: hey judy dench is nominated this year for belfast for yeah. supporting actress i mean she just keeps she just keeps pumping them out man she has her oscar from shakespeare in love it was like the shortest i think it's the shortest actual amount of screen time for any oscar winner wow i think it's it's like eight minutes she played wow. and she played the queen of england so how about that anyway look, so you look, my you, if you uh, my, play
0: the queen of england
1: you win an oscar that's that's the rule. I mean, it happened for Olivia Coleman too. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> except she won an Emmy, right? That's an Emmy. She won for- the Oscar. No, no, she won an. I think she won both. She won an Oscar for the favorite. She won Best Actress. Oh my God, you're
0: clothes. oh my God. I didn't even yeah, realize that.
1: Such a good movie. Okay. Anyway, so my lady for that decade is Anne Hathaway in Rachel Getting Married. Who do I have to be now? I mean, I could be Mother Teresa. It wouldn't make a difference what I did. Did I sacrifice every bit of love in this life because I killed our little brother? Oh, it was an accident. It, mm-hmm. it was an accident. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Not enough people talk about Rachel getting married. It's not like a super rewatchable movie, but it's not. It's when you look at that year. So, no, Kate Winslet won for the reader. It should have been a supporting position uh, supporting nomination or anything if anything but um no she she won for the wrong movie she should have won for revolutionary road that was the movie she's with sam mendez her husband ex-husband now um and and uh, it was with leonard dicaprio kathy bates and michael shannon who was nominated michael shannon was but no Anne hathaway like that year she's the strongest one out of any of those performances so i i i picked that I recommend anybody go watch Rachel Getting Married. I'm pretty sure I own it if I, I got to go look in my <laughs> DVDs. I think I bought it from Blockbuster when they were selling movies for like, right. like used movies for like 10 bucks or something. I'm like, oh, this movie was cool. Ten whole dollars or 14 maybe. I'm an idiot. Anyway, good stuff. So
0: I, I will say really quickly that uh, that has been on my list for a very, very long time, and I just never have gotten around to it. So that yeah. that is one that I will eventually watch.
1: So we're gonna um, let's blaze let's blaze through the next the next decade real quick. So yeah. should have won, nominated. We're just running out of time. That's all. Yeah, it is. no,
0: I got you. I got you. So, uh, yeah. So so should have won. Uh, I- I've talked about him. I've actually both of mine. I've talked about a lot more than my prior two. Uh-huh. Uh, but I I think sometimes in sort of stuck in the shadow of Daniel Day Lewis, who obviously a very deserving Best Actor win. Yep. We forget that Tommy Lee Jones was nominated for best supporting actor in Lincoln and and absolutely should have fucking won.
1: Oh he killed it in that movie. he's
0: he is um <sighs> he is must watch every scene that he's in. There is no every scene, scene he's where in. you're like oh yeah like I can turn tune out. No 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 no. It's like
1: I'm old I'm going home Lincoln the inveterate dawdler. Lincoln the Southerner. Lincoln the Capitulating Compromiser, our adversary and leader of the godforsaken Republican Party, our party, Abraham Lincoln has asked us to work with him to accomplish the death of slavery in America, retain even in opposition your capacity for astonishment. That movie is an that's an acting tour de force too. Not just I mean you. I think we mentioned this before, but you, you take Daniel Day Lewis out of the equation. Take take Lincoln out. Like watch the movie Lincoln. Don't even pay attention to Lincoln. Just pay attention to everybody else, mm-hmm. and it is insanely good. That cast is so stacked. Every performance is perfect. But yeah, you're saying like. Tommy Lee Jones' Thaddeus Stevens, the, the leader of the radical Republicans. Him, like, gabbing with his cohorts, the people, the other radicals, is just super funny.
0: Yeah, anyway. No, so that's... who's your
1: lady? Who's your lady? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, okay, so let's... Uh... Yeah, so uh, I've also talked about this performance a lot. Uh, this one is a little bit more personal for me. Like, I, I, I haven't ever lived it in such a um, high-stakes situation, but I, as a former journalist felt like Rachel McAdams in spotlight as Sasha Sasha Pfeiffer, um, that's one of the most accurate portrayals of a journalist I've ever seen. Hollywood has a very bad track record with the way that they sensationalize in mm-hmm. both the writing and the performance of journalists, yep. both for better and worse. Like oftentimes, like turning them into like superheroes or yeah. turning them into supervillains. Uh, when in fact, Rachel McAdams finds that like really wonderful sweet spot of just this human who this is their job. And Mm -hmm. it turns out they have a really important thing that they have to do. And in 2015, uh, reasonably, I I don't think that's strong of a year. I'm impressed. Kate Winslet also, again, it's fucking Kate Winslet. She could win for almost anything. She's Mm -hmm. nominated, uh, for, for, uh, supporting actress for Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, both of them would lose to Alicia Vikander, who I'm a very, very big fan of in The Danish Girl. But that, yes. that for me, those two performances, and particularly Rachel McAdams in Spotlight, I, that that was I, I. Yeah. I didn't even know Rachel McAdams had that in her. That was a level of restraint and nuance. And I'm I'm not nothing against Rachel McAdams. She is a fine actress, but there is a certain role I think that after a certain period of time. You just think to yourself like, oh, I know who this person is. I know who, yeah. I know, I know what they're about. And mm-hmm. then I go and watch Spotlight and I'm like, okay, I actually had no idea what Rachel McAdams is about yeah. because she fucking for, brings yeah, it.
1: To an entire generation, she's Notebook and Mean Girls. Right. That's it. And that was, those are like the same year within a couple of years of each other. And it's like, that's what most people, that's what I oh, always thought about. Oh, uh, and Wedding Crashers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's, and then so I saw she's
0: always in... been typecast as uh-huh. you've got, she's like, the pretty, the very pretty one, or she's the
1: popular one. Or she's or, mean, or she's, right? it's like, yeah. Or, like, or she's a, she's bitchy. Like she was in Midnight in Paris and she's like the, the fiance who's just a, kind of a bitch, like with a rich dad and like, right. yeah. And then she comes out and she does this. And then since then she's done some, you know, she's great in Doctor Strange. Yeah. She's, she has a very big, she she's, it's like her performances, like all of her characters that she plays now, there's a compassion to them. In a way, even game night. In a way, even though she's fucking hilarious in game night, that's a whole nother episode. Anywho, uh, yeah, Rachel McAdams is amazing. Both those picks are fucking top notch. Um, mine are well. My I'll start with my lady. Uh, actually, no, I'll start with my guy. This is Michael Keaton in Birdman. You don't mind because. You can't see this thing if you don't know how to label it. You mistake all those little noises in your head for true
0: knowledge. Are you finished? No, I'm not finished. There's nothing in here about technique. There's nothing in here about structure. Nothing in here about intention. It's just a bunch of crappy opinions backed up by even crappier comparisons. You write a couple of paragraphs, and you know what?
1: None of this costs you fucking anything. You risk nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm a fucking actor. Should have won over Leonardo DiCaprio and The Revenant. And, uh, I, I, you know, part of me, it's just maybe it's my childhood and it's because he's Batman and he he, he finally like had a comeback movie and he was finally nominated for an Oscar. And, and it's so meta. I, it's so I, meta. It's, so, it's like the most meta movie ever. I really just, he did a fucking great job. And I really think his performance was better than Leo's that year. And he should have won it. Honestly, he really should have. Um, If you watch him when he lost, he actually put his speech back into his uh, into his jacket. It's kind of sad. But then when Birdman won Best Picture, he got up there. and He's like, hey, I'm just happy to be here. And everybody's like standing up for him. <laughs> it was pretty nice. And then um, but my the, the one that should have won that was nominated is Viola Davis for the help. Yeah. But
0: I can send you for being a thief. I know something about you. Don't you forget that. But what you may say is a lot of time to write letters in jail. Plenty of time to write the truth about you. And the paper's free. Nobody would believe what you wrote. I don't know. I've been told I'm a pretty good writer, already sold a lot of books.
1: Call the police, Elizabeth.
0: All you do is scan lie to try to get what you want.
1: Abelene, stop.
0: You are godless, woman.
1: So they gave it to Meryl Streep for the Iron Lady. I don't know why. I don't understand the Academy's um, aversion to giving it to women of color. Oh, I'm sorry. Leading actresses of color. There's one, that's it. And that's Halle Berry from monsters ball who really shouldn't even have won the year. She did it. She should have, I mean, Sissy Spacek should have won that year in 2001, in my opinion. Now I'm not knocking Halle Berry, but, I think there's so many better performances by actresses who are black or, or, you know, Brown, whatever, like that should have, like Pam Greer should have been nominated for Jackie Brown in 97. Like, and she, she probably could have won. Like she would, that was definitely a better performance than Helen Hunt in as good as it gets. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's something like this, like, like Viola Davis fucking kills it in this. And she did finally get her Oscar for offenses a, a few years ago. I, I, but it's just, it's just annoying because Meryl Streep did a great job, but Meryl Streep's Meryl Streep, all right. And I understand, and even Meryl Streep said when she won it, she's like, you know, this is never going to happen again. Just stop it, you know. And it's like, yeah, they're they're not going to give you a fourth Oscar, but I mean, they could. But right, it's Meryl Streep. She's nominated most years, and Viola Davis did a better job in the help, in my opinion. She's like, it's like she's just perfect in it for, and for a,
0: a movie that has some some problems particularly some some white savior stuff yeah viola davis is um she's like kind of the spine of the movie
1: and it's it just feels so genuine and it and it just it has a lot of heart to it and it's what kept me hooked into the movie yeah you know her and, and jessica chastain but right. like Who was also nominated, but um, but no, I really liked her in that, and I, I actually, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to go back and rewatch it, but I do remember her just doing a great job. But anyway, we've got a couple minutes left.
0: There is one thing I wanted to quickly bring up as an honorable mention because it could apply to just about anything we've already talked about, but I did totally forget. So of course, you reminding me about Viola Davis not winning reminded me, of course, how Selma was totally snubbed, and I'm going to beat the oh, drum yeah. for this regularly. I know, really, really uh, brave of me to come out eight years later. How in, brave? You know, David Oy- Oyelowo. Oyelowo. Oyelowo? David, David Oyelowo. Uh-huh. I, I mean, not even nominated, but here's the one in this, and I, I I, have thought about this a lot. The performance that still blows my mind in this that wasn't even nominated, I mean, no one even talked, was Wendell Pierce as Jose Williams. He's fucking amazing mm-hmm. in the entire movie he's incredible but hey uh you know uh, you're not going to nominate anybody
1: i guess so so wait, wait wendell pierce let me let me that's the guy from the wire right yeah she that guy yeah i <laughs> love it sorry wendell pierce is the best anyway so we got a couple minutes left and i just want to kind of cap this off yeah. so let's start with the the first decade of the 2000s we each have one that got it right an actor or actress that won, it was the right decision and it's still regarded as a good decision. You know, that's why we're talking about it in 2022, but yes, who do you have? Let me know. the give first the, decade?
0: So I'm going to give the Academy some really quick credit because 2000 from starting in 2005 and running through, I think it was 2009. So five consecutive years mm-hmm. where actually really six consecutive years and you and i talked about why this is okay so so six consecutive years i where where i'm cut kind of cutting off only because i'm not as familiar with the work I, i'm gonna cut off in the 2011 film year so 05 to ten mm-hmm. fucking six straight years of best supporting actor where I, I think they got it right like i think i think they legitimately got it right Morgan Freeman for Million Dollar Baby, George Clooney for Syriana, Alan Arkin for Little Miss Sunshine, Javier Bardem for No Country for Old Men, Heath Ledger for The Dark Knight, Christoph Waltz for Inglorious Bastards, and then Christian Bale for The Fighter. Mm -hmm. So that's six six consecutive years I think I just had uh, where fucking they got it. They nailed it. Like, great job. But of all of those, only one of them, maybe two of them, but one of them is really transformative. Um, mm-hmm. and so I just wanted to give credit to all of them because like it's it was really weird I was going through this, I was like huh they fucking nailed this like six straight years but Heath Ledger for the Joker in, in dark, the Dark Knight it, it doesn't matter posthumously or not that he won the award yep. um, it is a, trans- a cultural... transcendent performance
1: it's a cultural landmark you know for a while there I thought you really were and the way you threw yourself after her Look at you go! Does Harvey know about you and his little bunny? Where are they? Killing is making a choice. Where are they? Choose between one wife or the other. Your friend, the district attorney, or his blushing bride to be. to threaten me with nothing to do with all your strength i mean yeah. so is javier bardem and that's the yeah. thing that's the tough one that's the tough one but no heath ledgers is more culturally just because people have he's not the only actor to win an oscar playing joker playing the joker and that's the craziest thing is but everybody who's played the joker has done a different thing with it that's the cool thing is that he is in a field that's kind of crowded Yet he still manages to be head and shoulders above everybody else. And then every other, you know, performance in that decade, I think, I mean, that's, you know, up there at least for you. Yes. We just, I
0: I just don't think we've never, I I don't, I don't think we have seen a other than again. And you mentioned Javier Bardem. I don't know that we'll ever see a performance like that again in, in any, I I just, maybe we will one day. Listen, it's ridiculous for me to say we'll never, but, holy shit
1: man yeah well my pick uh is for the year before that and i i uh we've talked about this ad nauseum and i truly truly love this movie and i know you do too it's michael clayton um the performance is tilda swinton who won best supporting actress uh for michael clayton so she is a um she's the ceo of this pharma- of this um, weed killer thing company, and they're facing a bill. Something. Bi- I'm really paraphrasing this movie poorly, but she is in a position of power. She is corrupt. She tried to kill Michael Clayton. She gets busted. As Michael Clayton is leaving in the scene, the fi- the final scene of the movie, he's you know he's just telling her you know he's recording you know he had a wire telling her how fucked she is. You know, she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Shiva, the God of death. And then he's walking and then she's, you know, out of focus in the background drops to her knees. And it's like that little bit, like she put a lot of effort into this performance. First of all, she's, she's British. So she has this perfect like American accent, but then, but like little things, little nuances and, and how worried she is and how, how she practices, how she's going to speak to people and, and all the w- scenes with her. She's in the bathroom sweating, like armpits completely drenched, and uh, but no, the scene at the end where she drops to her knees and it's like, oh, that's it. That's why she won. Yeah. Like there's little moments in, in certain performances. You can always tell how they did it or like, you know, why they why they won. And it's like actors make choices. And that was a great choice. So anywho, um, our last thing that we're going to talk about. Oh, well, so the, just
0: the, the next decade, though, we the uh, next decade. Well, so Who the next decade uh, to wrap it up. Um, And I, I've talked about this a, a fair bit, so I'm not going to I'm not going to wax too poetic on it. Um, believe it or not, we really haven't talked that much about The Dark Knight, which is why I, I don't have as as much of a regret talking about right. Heath. Um, but I, I've mentioned it a ton of time. Brie Larson in Room is just like a fucking home run. Like, yeah. like, uh, yep. Like, what do you what are you supposed to after watching that movie? Wh- who who possibly could you watch that and go, oh yeah, like fucking no. Jennifer like, Lawrence yeah. and Joy? Like, no, fucking way. No,
1: no, and you watch that too, and you're like, if you watch you watch Room, and you're just like, there's. It it's just a perfect a perfect performance. Uh, yeah. Again,
0: I ask myself this question: where where does this person build this performance from? Yeah. The, the level of of nuance in there, like Brie Larson, uh, I still don't know. We we talked about it a little bit earlier about how on earth you build this performance based on anything, and and she fucking nails it, man.
1: Yep. My performance is uh, Daniel Day Lewis in Lincoln. Yeah. It's kind of like um. You know, it's kind of like Heath Ledger, and, and that's that. In that, that, it's absolutely perfect. And we we're talking about like, you know, imitation and things like certain actors and actresses winning awards or being nominated for awards for doing a, a, like a biopic or doing a an imitation of somebody. And the fact that we're just going on a few anecdotal references of Lincoln and how he spoke and how he carried himself, because before this, it was always he's tall, he's broad, he's deep, he has a deep voice, blah 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 blah. And it's like, no, you're just projecting that uber masculine bullshit because you know of the patriarchy <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation yeah. what i'm saying is daniel day lewis made an el- turned lincoln into an elegant man a very uh, not necessarily soft-spoken uh talkative and always charismatic uh but his voice was higher but it looked perfect like for his voice, like you can, like, if you look at pictures of Lincoln, not the movie, but actual, cause he loved to get his picture taken. You look at pictures of him, you can hear that voice that Daniel Day Lewis does. Like you can, t- you can really understand. Yeah. He didn't have a booming voice. He was tall and skinny. He just, he just sounded like, you know, he sounded, yeah. he sounded old. He sounded war- like he'd been around, you know, right. for a while and, what was, you know, what, dragged what the
0: scene in that movie where he's, I think he's with um, Adam driver and it's one of the one of the like late night four a.m. like he's almost alone in the communication center, uh-huh. um, and he ha- gives that amazing monologue where he talks about like that mathematical principle. I don't think it was absolute zero. True um, north. True north. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like that fucking see- like because people you know most of the time we hear about the now 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 scene. You know that's like yeah. that's one of the big ones that like everybody like really focuses on or when he's fighting with Sally field, who's Mary Todd Lincoln. He's like, you're inexhaustible grief. You're inexhaustible. Like like,
1: the president's clothed in immense power. And yeah, but like the best of it, that scene that you're talking about when he's, when he's talking about true North or like when he's talking about, um when he's, when he's just telling these stories. Cause I I rewatched the movie recently and the dude tells so many weird stories about shit that really, It's not that it pertains exactly to what they're talking about but or to what they're dealing with, but he brings it back to make a, it's kind of like he's making a point about, you know, whatever they're, I don't know, whatever they're, they're talking about. I mean, if they're talking about the war, they're talking about, you know, uh, the, the righteousness of their, of their cause, you know, the 13th amendment, abolishing slavery, this and that, Uh, what he's, you know, he, he, he has a way of speaking to people. And that's what that's every anecdote, every recorded thing they have of Lincoln is that he was a storyteller. He liked to talk and he liked to he liked to be he was a funny guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he had this, I want to say, like a granddad sensibility of, you know, how he could make everything seem OK. You know, yeah, he had I, a I warm, comforting uh, yeah. soul, basically.
0: He, Lincoln Lincoln reminds me of uh, like the performance. He's almost got like a boomer dad sense of humor.
1: In a way, yes. You
0: like, and I don't <laughs> me, I really don't actually, I don't mean that actually pejoratively. I mean yeah, in that, in the best like, way. In the, yeah, in, like
1: in a, in a complimentary, like,
0: like yeah. yeah. He,
1: like if he was around today, he'd be like the dad joke king. Like that's right. what he would be, he'd be doing. Yeah, he'd be full yeah, of dad like,
0: jokes. Like, like hi, I'm I'm Annie. I'm your I'm your server today. Hi, Annie. I'm Abraham. I'll be your your uh, yeah. I'll be your customer today. Like that feels like the type of shit that he would yeah. do, but probably better. So and I, There's a funny. I agree there's a funny
1: little though. bit real quick. There's a funny little bit too where he's like starting to talk, and then I think it was Edwin Stanton or somebody. who's like, no, no, you're not gonna tell another story. Are you? No. <laughs> oh, oh, you <laughs> mean
0: famous, famous, that guy, Bruce McGill. Uh, it might've been, it might've been
1: somebody. Else. Yeah, it is. Forget, it is. It, it's went, one of our, that guy's like, you're not going to tell another story. Are you? <laughs> like, I love that shit. All right. Speaking anyway. of which I,
0: I know we're about to wrap up. Uh, so that'll do it for this episode. I think when we next record, I'm just looking at some of your notes that, uh, so we, we've we're going to do, some, I'd like to do some stuff about,
1: about yeah, 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 we got a couple more Oscar episodes coming up. We'll try to be faster about it, but, uh, We've got one coming up. I want to do one about technical categories, just just a little bit, a little tidbit, and we're going to talk about Best Picture um, coming up. But uh, the Academy Awards are, in, as at the time of recording this, they're in uh, two weeks, so looking forward to it.
0: We'll get yeah. all these episodes out before the. I, we, we will try to get them all out, even if I have to edit a couple of these fucking episodes. We'll try wow, to get we'll all get these it out. done
1: and the uh, long lost part two of lord of the rings Yes, it will happen guys it's, this it's is going to be our last episode <laughs> yeah
0: it's it's coming it's got awesome. like the
1: like the dragons in game of
0: thrones it's coming
1: Mm-hmm. yeah i that swear last game, that like last the game winds of, of
0: winter it is coming i no, swear
1: no I fucking swear. won't Where? anyway so <laughs> hey oh,
0: man. my name's ryan i'm alex it's been a pleasure guys
1: thank right? you so much for listening
0: see ya